Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. You're tuning into episode 27, and this week I was fortunate enough to sit down with Andrew Spudfit Taylor. For any new listeners out there, my name is Matt, and I'm the host of this show, which is the weekly dose of Euphoria podcast. I'm the owner of Euphoria Health and Active Living, which is a personal and group training business aiming to promote balance and sustainability through everything we do. Alongside this, I'm also completing my Bachelor in Health Science, majoring in naturopathy at Endeavour College. With this degree, I aim to gain further credibility when promoting a holistic plant-based lifestyle and ultimately help more people. Anyway, back to Andrew. This man consumed only potatoes for a whole year, and I'm actually informed it was a leap year, just to add to the record. He did this in hope to combat his bad relationship with food. Andrew is such a down-to-earth, cool dude spreading an important message. He now dedicates his time to helping people overcome their eating disorders and providing them with an alternate outlook on life. He is also a teacher during the day. He aims to take the decision-making out of eating by limiting his options to only spuds, therefore making eating something just to tick off box as opposed to letting food dictate his whole life. And I guess that's such an important outlook to have because we're so heavily controlled by food and we're always thinking about what we're going to have for the next meal, so it's such a great philosophy to have. His story is so inspirational and having personally previously battled an eating disorder myself, it's so uplifting chatting with someone who knows the struggles. Weight loss wasn't Andrew's main goal, but he managed to lose a whopping 55 kilograms in the process. This man is an absolute weapon and a wealth of knowledge. Well, that's it for me, guys. And just as Andrew would say, spud up. Andrew Spudfit Taylor, welcome to the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast, mate. Awesome to have you on the show. No worries. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, I'm excited to have a chat. Mate, I've heard so much about your journey and I'm pumped to have you on the show and explain your journey to all my listeners because I know you're spreading such an important message and, and my listeners would definitely get a lot out of it, that's for sure. Yeah, well, um, um, hopefully, I don't know, I, I still think of myself as just a, a weird guy who did a weird thing and, uh, and yeah, so it seems to help some people. So, you know, if, if people think they can get something out of what I'm talking about, then that's, yeah, that's great. Mate, the proof is in the pudding from what you've done. Let's dive straight into it, Andrew. Um, before we get into your journey eating only potatoes for a year, I want to know what life is like for you growing up. Uh, well, yeah, I, I just grew up a pretty typical Aussie suburban childhood, you know, I played footy and went to school and, uh, yeah, just that was that. It was, uh, you know, I don't think there was anything really remarkable about my childhood. I was just a typical Aussie suburban kid. Just playing footy growing up or did you play any other sports as well? Uh, later on, I got into kayaking and uh, I had some reasonable success in in long distance kayaking um so that became a pretty big thing for me and uh yeah that was up until the end of juniors that was yeah pretty much the focus of what i was doing with my life yeah awesome mate yeah. um talk to me a little bit about your your childhood growing up at school were you always into eating a plant-based diet talk to us a little bit about that 
Oh, no, no, I was, I, I grew up eating typical foods that everyone ate. I was always, for like, my earliest memories, I was overweight. And, uh, yeah, from, from day one of school, pretty much, I got bullied about my weight. Um, so, yeah, that was an issue for me going to school. I was, I was bullied pretty severely, I'd say, throughout my schooling. Um, yeah, I was, I was lucky in a way that I was, and still am, a big guy. Um, so, you know, I wasn't, the physical bullying was never really a problem because I was usually bigger than everyone else and, uh, and I was not physically intimidated easily anyway. So, uh, but yeah, the, the verbal bullying was, uh, yeah, that was a, a big problem for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, mate. I, um, I can relate with you as well. I was quite uh, a big kid growing up all through primary and high school as well. Um, I want to know, how did you combat all the bullying like what what happened oh i didn't really i wasn't very good at dealing with the bullying i was uh i guess i just withdrew i don't know i didn't i, I wouldn't say i had no friends i had friends but not many i was just uh yeah i, I don't know i played sport that was my i guess that was my main thing because um you know i was i was I was athletically, you know, despite being overweight, I was, I was pretty good athletically. I was skillful with a football or with a basketball or whatever, and I was pretty good at sport. So, um, yeah, playing sport felt like, yeah, sort of one place where I had control and um, people could say what they wanted about me. But when I, you know, when I did well in a game of football, then I made people look silly for bullying. So... That was, uh, and you know, it went a similar way with kayaking. That you know, even though I was heavier than most of the people I was racing against, I could beat them all, and um, yeah, made made people look silly when they were trying to bully me. But uh, yeah, that was really all I had. <laughs> That's a fantastic way to combat that, mate. I know it's something that a lot of a lot of kids go through through high school and primary school at the moment, and you resorting to sport as an outlet um, is definitely the right way to go about it. Just quickly before we dive into your kayaking uh, journey, Andrew, what was your what were the foods on your plate like growing up? Did you have a question where the food came from as well? Oh, not really. No, I was just I'd say what my mum gave me. We were, uh, yeah, I don't know. My mum was a really really good cook, but uh, yeah, using traditional kinds of foods. So yeah, a lot of meat and cheese and eggs and all the um, you know a lot of not from my mum, but you know, whenever I could get my hands on junk food or you know, ice cream, cookies, whatever, I would, I would yeah, pizza, whatever, I'd, I'd uh, get into all that as well. Yeah. Would you say it was a typical Australian meat and three veg diet? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there was, uh, there was nothing really unusual about the way I ate. I guess I'd probably take more than most. Um, and yeah, I guess. Yeah, that was probably the, the main feature of the way I ate was just big volume of um, of the typical Australian food. Yeah, awesome, mate. And then heading into your teenage years, where you started to take up kayaking, what sparked your interest in that? And let's talk about your success in this sport, mate. Uh, yeah, that was uh, well. Basically, I was always playing football, and my parents thought I, I should do a summer sport, and uh, I. You know, I liked watching cricket, but I thought it'd be too boring to play. 
So uh, <laughs> you're talking yeah, to a cricketer I, here. I tried a few other things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like batting. I like batting and bowling, but I, I'm not sure. I've never tried it, so maybe I would like it. But uh, at the time, I thought there's no way I really want to stand in the field all day. So if I could I just can... be batting and bowling, that'd be good. But standing around fielding, I wasn't really interested. I can definitely um, relate and to you. So yeah, I tried a few other things. <laughs> yeah, I tried a few other things. I, I played tennis and I did some swimming and um, yeah, I did a few different sports. But uh, yeah, in the end, um, I I went on a holiday with my uncle and we went kayaking and um, yeah, one year every year was a, a new quest to find a new summer sport and none of them clicked. And then this one year, I thought, oh, well, I liked going kayaking with my uncle. I wonder if kayaking racing is a thing. Maybe I could do that as a sport. And I didn't. I'd never heard of kayak racing at that point, but my parents went and uh, found out that there was a, a kayaking club not too far from me. So we went and joined and uh, before I was winning races. The rest is history. Yeah. Fantastic, mate. And I know you're most commonly known as the, the bloke who only ate potatoes for a year, but I want to dive into exactly why you just did that. So what sparked your plant-based journey in the first place, Andrew? Uh, well, it depends what you mean by plant-based. If it's, uh, I was I went vegan a long time ago, so a lot of people like it's strictly plant-based diet. Yeah, I was eating. I've been eating plant-based for uh, uh, must be twelve over twelve years now. Uh, and but but I was eating yeah junk plant-based foods, you know. Uh, and yeah, my uh, my whole food plant-based, so the healthy version of of veganism is that's what started uh yeah when i when i decided to do this potato only thing so uh yeah i had tried to you know like most overweight people i'd tried all my life and uh to to lose weight and get healthy and uh yeah i just hadn't had much success with it and i was very good at going for you know a month here and a month there doing really well losing some weight and then gaining it all back and uh and yeah i just had a i had a realization one day that uh you know i had a i had a big month a really good month did really well and then basically the month finished off with a huge binge and then the next day i was uh i was feeling really depressed about you know the the way i was living and the way i was doing things and you know, i just had a realization that day that uh that my behavior around food mirrored that of any other addict you can think of. So, you know, we, everyone knows, you know, a cigarette smoker or a, an alcoholic that can do really well and maybe go for three weeks or three years, whatever amount of time. And then one day they'll go, you know, it's, it's my best mate's wedding. I'm gonna, just going to have a couple of drinks tonight and then go back to being sober tomorrow. And of course, that never happens. Um, you know, a couple of drinks soon enough leads back to full blown alcoholism. And, and yeah, that's that sort of behaviour pattern was very much uh, a part of my life with food. So I could I could have a really good stretch of doing really well, and then yeah, one slice of pizza would lead to a fantastic ice cream plus, you know, bottles of soft drink and chocolate and cookies and whatever else, and uh, and then yeah, sure enough, the the diet and healthy living had gone out the window, and I was back on the on the path to regaining weight. So yeah, I figured that if my, if my behavior was the same as a, 
as a, any other addict, then perhaps the treatment should also be the same. And obviously, an alcoholic should quit alcohol, uh, and, a, and a cigarette smoker should quit cigarettes. And I figured that, yeah, if that's the case, then maybe a food addict should also quit food. And obviously, you can't quit food entirely. So uh, I decided to try and get as close as I possibly could to quitting food. And that was by uh, eating only one kind of food <laughs> and quitting everything else. I'm, I'm so intrigued at, at the decision making behind there. And it definitely does make sense, particularly coming. I can personally relate as well. I, I did have a bad relationship with food and I would always go through a vicious cycle of, of going for these bad weight loss schemes and then putting them all back on over, over a bad weekend and losing track. But I, lo- I want to hear your theory behind only potatoes. Why did you choose potatoes out of all the foods in the world? Research. It wasn't just like I came up with this idea and did it without thinking about it. I, you know, I spent probably six weeks uh, doing a lot of research into, first of all, whether it was possible for uh, for people to be healthy on uh, on one kind of food, and second of all, obviously, which kind of food I should choose if I was going to do that. And um, you know, I've got a science degree, so that made it easier for me to to understand what was going on in the literature that I was reading. But uh, yeah, there was. Yeah, the long story short is that after six weeks of doing hours and hours of research every day, um, potatoes was really the only obvious choice. There was, you know, a couple other foods that, you know, maybe, maybe not were a good idea. Um, but yeah, once once I broke it all down and uh, went into everything, plea then. Everyone knows potatoes have got carbohydrates, but uh, they've you know, they've also got protein, they've got a little bit of fat, they've got iron, calcium, you know, they've got all the vitamins and minerals that we need. Um, and yeah, there's, there's also a lot of historical evidence and, and, uh, and science, scientific evidence of people that have done uh, not necessarily only potatoes, but very, very close to only potatoes over you know, big parts of history, entire populations have survived on pretty close to only potatoes and not just survived, but thrived. So, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, the, the weight of evidence certainly meant that, yeah, the, the potatoes was really the only logical choice. Awesome, mate. And after you'd done your research, what happened next? Talk me through the process. Did you throw every other food in the house out? Like, how, how did you go about transitioning to this one, one food that you were going to be eating for the whole year? Uh, there was, uh, I was living with my wife and my little boy at the time, so I was not going you know, to... They, they didn't do the whole thing with me. They were very supportive. Well, my boy was only two, so he didn't know what was going on, really. But <laughs> my wife was very supportive. And, um, and yeah, so I, wasn't, I couldn't throw all the food out. But, uh, but yeah, basically, I just, um, I just prepared myself mentally and as much as I could. Not that I had any idea, really, what uh, you know, the mental side of things would require. But, but you know, I spent a few days because just by coincidence, this uh, research period ended with about four days to go until New Year's Day. And, you know, anyone who's done a diet before or tried to quit something before knows that those things don't happen until Monday, right? So for me, Monday was New Year's Day. So I thought, you know, if I'm, I'm going to do this, I might as well wait until the 1st of January and get started then. And, um, and then, yeah, 
while I was waiting for the 1st of January to come, I just decided to, you know, do it until the next 1st of January. <laughs> so, so uh, but yeah, there wasn't really a lot of preparation and there wasn't really a transition period. It was just, I had a, and I just ate the way I had eaten until New Year's Eve. And then 1st of January, I went only potatoes. <laughs> and was the, the main goal to get to the 365 days initially, or did you have like a, a small goal to get past the first month and then take it from there? Talk me through that. Well, I, yeah, the goal was um, to get the whole year. It was a leap year, so I have to correct, correct you. It was 366 days. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my, my, my goal was, yeah, I wanted to get through the year, but I honestly didn't think that was a possibility. I didn't think it was something I'd be able to do. Um, it was something I was absolutely, I was trying, I wanted to do it, but I, I didn't think that I'd be able to do it. And um, yeah, as far as you know, breaking it down to smaller goals, yeah, that was a, a big thing, but it wasn't two weeks or a month or whatever. It was just this meal right in front of me. like. I woke up on January 1st and went, right, let's have breakfast. <laughs> I ate <laughs> breakfast. And then when that was done, <laughs> and that was done, then I thought, okay, i got to eat lunch next. And I just did that for the whole year. <laughs> it was not, yeah, I didn't, it didn't, it was all about process rather than um, goals or results. It was all just about focusing on the process and, um, yeah, just, just doing in the moment what I needed to be doing. I love the simplicity in, in your decision-making making food almost the second priority to what you're doing throughout the day. Cause in these days it's always about food is our, our main, main thought process really. And we, we focus on what we're going to eat, when we're going to eat it and plan a whole day around food. But you've basically just got up and put food on the back burner and, and focus on everything else and then said, all right, it's breakfast time. Let's eat. Yeah, exactly. So my, I figure my major problem, and for many, many people, I didn't know this at the time, but many, many people have since contacted me to tell me that they have the same problem, and that is that you know we rely on food for comfort, enjoyment, emotional support. Um, we, you know, we get up in the morning, and while we're having breakfast, we're already thinking about what we want for dinner, and we're, you know, we're thinking about what we're going to eat next week when we go out for dinner with friends, or you know, what are we going to cook when our family comes over in six months' time. You know, there's just food. And when you think about how much time you put into thinking about food, uh, preparing food, um, shopping for food, cleaning up after it, all of that, it just it becomes a dominating factor in the day. And, and then on top of that, if, you, if you're not, you know, you don't understand how to regulate your emotions without using food, then it's an even bigger burden. So, uh, yeah, for me, the aim was really to just remove all of that and, and try to, as an alcoholic would totally remove alcohol from their life. I wanted to, as close as possible, do get as close as I could to removing food from my life. So, you know, the, the, the aim for an alcoholic is to never even think about alcohol. And, and that, that was my aim uh, with, yeah, with my, the way of eating as well. Awesome, mate. I, I love the way you went about it. Uh, just a quick one, Andrew. How were you cooking all your potatoes? What did you ever get sick of them? Like, what? Talk me through some of the different ways you were consuming only potatoes. Yeah, well, the the first point is that, um, yeah, like I said, I was I was using I was using food for comfort, enjoyment, emotional support, and um, and I was spending my life basically trying to find the next um, amazing eating experience that could you know give me what I call a foodgasm, you know, this was 
a big part of my life. And, and I really made a conscious effort to, um, to not do that with potatoes. So this was definitely not ever intended to be a year where I would just be uh, spending my time trying to find the, the best, most interesting, most delicious ways to eat potatoes. That would sort of defeat the purpose. The idea was to try to make my food as boring as possible so that I'd be forced to get comfort, enjoyment, emotional support uh, from other areas of life. Uh, and, and yeah, so that was a real intentional decision to, to not focus on, on uh, trying to find yeah, the, these uh, exciting, interesting ways to eat potatoes. So most of, you know, 90% probably of what I ate was, in, was plain uh, boiled, mashed or baked potatoes. And uh, yeah, every now and then, maybe once every couple of weeks or once a month, I would maybe find something a little bit more interesting to do. Um, but yeah, most of, most of what I ate was just boiled, baked or mashed potatoes. Awesome, mate. And I was actually listening to one of your YouTube clips last night and I, I love the point that you raised, make your food boring and your life interesting. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about. Yeah, so, you know, we, we turn to food for, uh, for, yeah, like I said, comfort, enjoyment, emotional support. And we do need, um, we do need these feel-good hormones flowing through our brains. We do need excitement and interest in our lives. Um, and we need... Yeah, we need to enjoy ourselves. Of course we do. But that food, that enjoyment, that excitement, the dopamine hit doesn't have to come from food. And for my, my former self and for many other people, um, food can be the only enjoyable bit of a day. You know, that was the way it was for me for a long time. The only, literally the only bit of the day I enjoyed was when I was eating. And, uh, and yeah, we need to... You know, food doesn't have to be boring, like I described. You know, you don't have to make your food as boring as possible for every meal. But it's, um, you know, I think it's worthwhile acknowledging that, um, that yeah, maybe we're better off getting uh, these, these positive uh, emotions and experiences from other areas of life. So, yeah, make your food boring and your life interesting. Fantastic, mate. Absolutely love that. Just a quick one through your through the first few months or weeks of, of this sort of lifestyle. What were your cravings like? Did you ever relapse or anything? Uh, through through the potato year, uh, the first two weeks were intense. That was yeah the the hardest thing I've ever done was that first two weeks. Um, it was really really strong cravings all the time. Uh, but but yeah, I learned to deal with them and. Yeah, really from two weeks on, uh, it was, um, yeah, I sort of got in a groove and the rest of the year, like it wasn't a struggle all year. People think, oh, it's just a struggle every day, all day, every day, just to eat potatoes and you'd be so sick of them by 11 months that, you know, you just, you'd never want to see one again. Well, no, that, that point of being so sick of them that you never want to see one again, that came for me towards the end of the second week. It was like, I was, I was, you know, I felt like I was going to vomit just thinking about potatoes. And, uh, but once I, once I got through that first couple of weeks, then, yeah, I just got in a groove and it was fine. I just went about my business and ate potatoes for a year. <laughs> I often joke with my girlfriend about if we were only to eat one type of food for a year, it would be potatoes. So I don't see how anyone could get sick of them. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, in the end it was just, it became fuel. So it wasn't like 
you know, I was sick of them in the first couple of weeks for sure. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, at that point where I described, once I got through that period of where I just hated even thinking about the potatoes, then uh, I sort of managed to flick a switch in my brain where it was just fuel. I was just putting fuel in the tank, you know. We don't, nobody likes stopping at the service station to put fuel in their car, but it's just something you've got to do so that you can get from point A to point B. You, can, you know, if you want to use your car, then you've got to fill it up with fuel. And that's just what it became to me. It was a similar experience. It was like, in a way, it sort of almost became inconvenient that, oh, right, I'm hungry or I feel, you know, I've got to eat. It's really started to get in the way. Like, I didn't want to stop living my life to pause and eat food. Like, <laughs> But, you know, I had to, it was just fuel. So I just sit down and eat it. And, you know, nobody, nobody complains about having to go to the, well, people do, I guess, but you shouldn't complain about going to the service station to fill up your car. It's just something you've got to do. And, and uh, yeah, it's the same. It, it was the same for, with me for eating during that year. Awesome, mate. I love that there. And you mentioned before that you were trying to, excite other things in in your life so make sure the things that you're doing every day were exciting what sort of stuff were you doing every day did you change your routine did you change your job talk to us about your lifestyle there outside of food oh that was just sort of an organic thing it wasn't like um it wasn't like a major effort in the beginning like i said earlier it was i really didn't know what i was doing when i started this i just started and i sort of figured it out as i went and that idea of um and make your food boring and your life interesting just sort of happened on its own it was um yeah i just i didn't really consciously do it i guess i did but uh but it was more you know food food wasn't an event and it wasn't taking up so much time in my life and so i just had all this extra time and energy as well on my hands and i just needed somewhere to direct it because you know in the past i would like i'd spend a lot of time in the kitchen or shopping or you know cooking these amazing meals and suddenly I wasn't doing any of that so what am I going to do with that time I'm not just gonna you know I'm, I'm, I wasn't I didn't want to just sit on the couch and veg I wanted to do something with it so um, yeah I ended up doing a whole lot of different things um, one of the things was I, I spent more like naturally I just had more time available so I had more time to play with my little boy and you know, wrestle with him or you know, take him to the park or whatever and you know, every now and then I would, um, I would, yeah, find something, uh, look up online, I'd Google bad jokes and I'd find a bad joke to go and tell my wife <laughs> and uh, make me laugh and make her think I'm an idiot. But it was good fun, you know, or even just little things like I never in my life had I literally stopped and smelled a flower while I was out for a walk. And I, I started doing that. I was like, yeah, it was just, uh, just lots of little things. There's no one particular thing i could say that i started doing this and it and it made me enjoy life more it was just a whole lot of little things that i did that uh that just sort of organically happened yeah excellent mate and you did just mention a great point about enjoying life more did you did you enjoy life a lot more when you were starting to notice the simpler things yeah absolutely that was the the best year of my life that year like people think people seem to think that it would just be a a terrible, boring, you know, lifeless year. And uh, I've had so many people say that it's a bad idea to eat only potatoes because they're, they're one of life's, uh, they're one of the great joys of life is, is eating. It should be, 
um, you know, food should be one of life's great pleasures. And if you remove that, then you got nothing. Like, <laughs> but, but it was the opposite for me. You know, I removed something that people often, including people that it's causing misery for, think that food should be like one of life's great pleasures. And, and I agree, it should be. But for some people, it's not, you know. I enjoyed, I always did enjoy the, the act of eating itself, but the sum total of the experience of eating the food the way I was eating was misery. It was causing me misery. It wasn't one of life's great pleasures. The overall experience was one of misery. So once I removed that, then, uh, you know, I got rid of the misery in my life and so many great things came in to replace it. So, yeah, it was it was the best year of my life easily it was uh it was an amazing year fantastic man i love that you've highlighted the positive aspects to to doing something something like this because a lot of people would automatically go to the negative connotations that are attached with it and look about what they can't have instead of what they actually can have so i love that you've raised that point yeah that's an important one because yeah exactly people go i i couldn't live i couldn't go for a year without cake or without cheese or whatever, people have all these things, oh, I wish I could do that potatoes only, but I couldn't go without this. And I always think it's important to remember that, yeah, you're gonna be giving some things up, you're gonna be missing out on some certain, eating some certain foods, but you got no idea what you're gonna gain from this. You know, we need to focus on the gains. And um, you know, <clears throat> there's another saying I like, and it's, it goes, uh, if you don't sacrifice for what you want, then what you want becomes a sacrifice. So, you know, people, for example, the cake thing, I, I want to do that, but I, I don't want to give up cake because I love cake and I, and I don't want to miss out on cake. I don't want to sacrifice the cake. But what they don't understand is it's never a choice between either sacrifice the cake or don't sacrifice the cake. That's not how it works. It's always a choice between two opposing sacrifices. So on the one hand, it could be sacrifice the cake. And on the other hand, it's sacrifice your long-term health and happiness. All right, so yeah, that's that's a really important thing to remember that yeah, you're choosing between two sacrifices, not between either sacrifice or don't. Awesome, Andrew. I absolutely love that point that you just raised there. Just backtracking a little bit, mate. Back when you were consuming all the foods and you weren't limiting it just to potatoes, how did you think the foods that you were consuming were contributing to the anxiety and depression that you were facing? I never contemplated that at all, actually. I was, uh, well, I guess I, I probably thought that uh, I was morbidly obese at the time. So um, I guess, yeah, I did think that being obese was a contributing factor to, to my depression, but I didn't think it was a huge factor. I, did, I thought that um, it was just, I really thought depression and anxiety was just, you know, my brain was broken and that's the way it was. And I was going to be living with that forever. And I didn't, I didn't think losing weight would get rid of it totally. I, th I thought it might change things, but I didn't think it would get rid of it totally. And I, and I really didn't think that this potato year would do anything for my depression and anxiety. I just, I just really wanted to not be addicted to food anymore. That was the whole focus, yeah. Awesome. And then fast-tracking to during and post the, post the challenge, how do you think that uh, limiting your options to the potatoes and taking the choices and the decision-making out of foods helped aid the anxiety and depression? Uh, well, that was, there's some science behind it, which I've since discovered when, when, uh, 
when I started noticing improvements in my uh, depression and anxiety, then I started researching why it could be that my that things were improving. And uh, and it turns out that uh, when we when we use drugs to treat depression, and I'm not saying drugs are bad, by the way. If drugs are drugs are drugs, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, and people have to make their own decisions. When we use uh, depression drugs, they're usually called they're usually what's called serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And they focus on the serotonin that's produced in the brain. And they, they, so serotonin usually gets produced and then it gets reabsorbed. And these reuptake inhibitors stop the serotonin from being reabsorbed and, they, and so that it can keep on circulating in the brain and we should have, therefore, more serotonin available to make us happier. Now, the serotonin that's produced in the brain is only 5% of what's produced in the whole body. And the other 95% is produced in the gut, in the digestive system. And if you want, uh, if you want your digestive system to be really good at producing serotonin, you need to provide the right environment with the right uh, microbiome and the right you know, gut bacteria to produce the serotonin for you. So that was a huge factor for me. When I started eating only potatoes, it was a good high fiber diet, providing the, the ideal, uh, the ideal environment in my digestive system for serotonin production. So that's, um, that's a huge factor for sure. Uh, and the other one was that um, I was being successful at something. I was following through on something that, that, uh, that I wanted to do. And, and I was, um, you know, it had been a long time since I'd done anything like that. I had I tried and failed at so many different things for so many years and, and, uh, yeah, hadn't been able to follow through on any of the thousand different things that I started. And yeah, suddenly I was doing this, this big thing that uh, as far as I was aware, no one had ever done before and I was doing it and I was doing it really well. And uh, yeah, there, there's pride in that. You, get, uh, you certainly get a confidence boost when you take on a big challenge and you, you succeed. So uh, yeah, that, that made a, a big impact as well. Definitely, Matt, and it is such an inspirational story to hear and, and alongside your journey as well that it, it actually is uplifting for other people that are going through similar things or, or even something dissimilar completely that you've done this and, and it gives them inspiration to get through whatever, whatever they're doing. I want to talk, uh, talk to you quickly a little bit about your blood tests and if you were taking any supplements to aid you along your journey throughout the whole year. What was that like for you? Yeah, well, I had medical supervision throughout the year. Uh, I had blood tests and medical checkups uh, multiple times throughout the year. I also had uh, DEXA scans, which is a body composition scan that checks how much, uh, how much bone weight, how much uh, muscle and, uh, and fat and all the different uh, things that make up your body. So I had DEXA scans throughout the year. Um, and I even at the end of the year went to Adelaide University for some pretty comprehensive blood testing. Um, including yeah, blood fatty acid levels and all that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, everything throughout the year, everything only improved. Um, my blood was perfect all the way. Uh, not perfect all the way. It wasn't perfect at the start, but it was perfect at the end. And you know, even the difference between my first and second test was huge and it just kept on getting better and better. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, as far as the testing goes, my, there was nothing that went even even a little bit wrong. It was just really, really good all the way. Fantastic. Um, as far as, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good like that. And 
and I, that was what I expected would happen from my research. I expected that, but uh, it was good to to get the data to back it all up anyway. And um, yeah, as far as supplementing, the only supplement I used was B12. And uh, yeah, in theory, if I was eating only organic potatoes and not doing the best uh, job of washing them, and you know, getting the odd grain of dirt on them here and there, then you know, back, uh, B12 is made by a bacteria that lives in dirt. So if uh, yeah, if if I was doing that, then theoretically I should have been fine without B12. But yeah, that was just I just decided that wasn't something I really wanted to mess with. You know, this whole experiment wasn't about trying to prove the nutritional benefits of potatoes. It was just about trying to deal with food addiction, and I didn't want to mess with a B12 deficiency when I, you know, it's so easy to take a mouth spray once a week or whatever. So yeah, that's what I did for that. Excellent, Andrew. And I know that you lost quite a significant amount of weight uh, over the journey. Talk to us about the exact numbers and tell us a little bit about your results in curing your, your bad relationship with the food towards the end of the challenge. When did you have that realisation? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, this was, it was never meant to be about weight loss for me. I, I did expect that I would lose some weight doing this, but I didn't think I would lose the amount that I did. It was really the honest truth is that my entire focus was just on my relationship with food i really needed to change my relationship with food in a drastic way and that was all i was ever interested in and um and the weight loss just happened as a byproduct of that because you know for the first time ever when i I, you know many times i tried to lose weight and i always did lose weight but then i always put it back on as well and this time you know the weight the weight was only ever a symptom of my relationship with food it was the symptom not the cause so this time was the first time that I tried actually dealing with the cause of the problem. And that was my behavior rather than the symptom, which was the number on the scale. So the whole focus was on my behavior. And, um, and in doing that, I, I managed to also, uh, which was a big bonus, which I was very happy with, I managed to lose 55 kilos over the course of the year. So yeah, that was certainly not something I would complain about. That was, that was pretty cool. That's unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that just, yeah, it just happened without trying. Basically, I was not trying to do that, and it just it just happened on its own. And uh, yeah, what? Sorry, what was the other question? I was about the relationship with food. So yes, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think I remember about two months in, I was thinking about the whole thing, and and I was thinking to myself that yeah, by two months, I I had basically accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish out of the year. I was my the way I thought about and related to food had totally changed 180 degrees um you know my depression was not an issue for me anymore um not that that was anything i thought would change but it had changed and and uh yeah my life was totally different and my outlook on life my depression my my relationship with food it was all just totally different after a couple of months um and really at that point uh, i just decided to keep going because i had said that i wanted to and i wanted i wanted to complete something that I said I would so yeah uh, for, from two months on I was just I only continued because I said I would so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing man and having that willpower to keep going for the extra 10 months uh is spectacular even though you've accomplished what you've set out before and and it is a testament to you mate and it's inspiration to to hear that you've gone through with that you've done an amazing job so well done yeah, thank you. And I wouldn't, I would just say one thing is that it wasn't really about willpower. It wasn't like, 
you know, I, I, I always thought that being able to stick to a, a certain diet or stick to a certain plan was all about, you know, harnessing your willpower and being stronger than your excuses and all this stuff that you hear. And, um, yeah, really, I honestly believe that the key to success and the key to my success and the key to pretty much anyone's success at anything is removing the need for willpower. You know, if you can, if you can find uh, a way to make things work without relying on willpower, then you're going to be successful. But if you, you know, willpower is something that runs out and that's nobody has unlimited willpower. Um, so yeah, if you're, uh, if you're relying on willpower, then you're, uh, you're headed for a fall in my opinion. And when you can find the way to do things without the need for willpower, then you're, uh, you're on the right path. That is an awesome point that I think can be related to any aspect in our lives, not just eating. So I'm glad that you raised that one for us there, Andrew. Now, after the challenge, I want to know about your transition back into, into regular foods. What, what were the first things that you consumed and, and did you have any sort of reactions or irritations to any other foods as you brought them back in? Uh, yeah, so I, I basically went from only potatoes to um, a whole food plant-based diet, which basically means um, fruits, veggies, nuts, and uh, a little bit of nuts and seeds, not much. Um, and uh, and grains and beans and nothing processed so no sugars or processed flours um, no oils of any kind um, and yeah just just eat plants in their in their closest possible to natural form um, so yeah I that's a called a whole food plant-based diet and I, I eat what I call a whole food potato-based diet, which is all of those things, but just with an emphasis on potatoes. So, uh, in the beginning, I, yeah, in the beginning, I just, I, I, the first couple of weeks, I added in um, bananas and broccoli, I think it was, and then you know, I added in potatoes or whatever. I didn't really, I didn't really have a desire by the end of the year to, you know, add in a whole heap of different foods. It wasn't something that i really cared about i was quite happy with eating only potatoes but it just felt like i should start eating other things but i didn't have the desire to so it wasn't certainly wasn't like oh yay finally i'm off this i'm gonna eat everything it was just i'll just eat some bananas and see what happens and i didn't really have any there was no nothing that i could think of that i had any adverse reactions to or um, nothing that i ate for a bit and then thought oh, i shouldn't eat that anymore because yeah, I just I limited my choices to whole unprocessed plant foods, and um, and yeah, that was everything I've done has been pretty good. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. It just goes to show that the the challenge that you did go over do over the three hundred and sixty six days was beneficial, and you definitely did get a lot out of that because your mindset towards the food did definitely change. Yeah, yeah. Well, food is it's fuel in the end, you know. There's historically throughout um human history we've uh, sure people want to enjoy their food but the number one part of, of eating is because we need to survive so when we want to be healthy enough to to live long and strong and healthy so yeah that's my focus now food is fuel and food is um you know i control the food the food doesn't control me so yeah that's that's sort of my attitude now Awesome, mate. And just a quick question I want to chuck in there now. Why do you think that carbohydrates are so important? Me being a personal trainer, I know there's a lot of yelling and screaming in the fitness industry about carbohydrates and why they're bad for you and, and 
all these other excuses that go along with you, but you've just, you're living proof that you can lose weight by eating only carbohydrates. So why are they so important for you? Yeah, that's a weird thing that, you know, food is, the conversation around food and diet has, people have really stopped talking about food altogether and they've started talking about macronutrients instead. And people talk about protein and carbohydrates and fat. When no one, no one goes and just eats carbohydrates, unless you're just eating pure table sugar, you're eating a combination of all three of them. What you, what you do is you go and eat food. Potatoes are not carbohydrates, they're potatoes. And they're made up of carbohydrates, proteins, and fat. And yeah, so I think we, uh, my personal belief is that we should stop talking about macronutrients altogether. And we should just talk about food. And if, and if something is food, like a plant especially, then we should eat it. And if it's not a plant food, then we should leave it. And, uh, and especially, yeah, the high carbohydrate ones are definitely, I think, a better choice. And we can, you can look throughout human history that every single uh, large, long-term successful population in human history has, uh, has done so on a diet that's high in carbohydrates from natural plant sources. And, and that's just, it's proven time and time again, the science that we, we uh, the, you know, the length and breadth of um, nutritional science will back that up as well. That people who eat uh, a, high, a diet that's high in whole, unprocessed plant foods live the longest and healthiest lives. And same goes for athletes as well. If you want to talk about personal training, um, yeah, athletes have incredibly high performance when they include more natural whole uh, plant foods in their diet. And yeah, just this, this just repeats over and over again. So uh, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's obvious that carbohydrates are the, the number one fuel source that the body uses and every cell in our body runs on carbohydrates and we should just give the body what it wants. Hit the nail on the head there for me, Andrew. Love it, mate. Uh, just before we wrap up on the their spud challenge, why? What are some tips for the listeners on how to break an addiction with food? Yeah, well, I guess the first thing is just to uh, to really find a, a more important reason than yourself. You know, I think when you talk to addicts of all kinds, uh, a good example is my, I've talked to my dad about this, and when I was born he was a heavy smoker and he tried for a long time to give up smoking and uh and then when i was born it suddenly he realized that if if he kept on smoking then the, the research says that if your parents smoke then your kids are probably going to smoke too and he didn't want me to be a smoker that was more important than him not being a smoker was trying not to make me a smoker so when he changed his way of thinking then that became uh that, that made it more important and it made it something that where uh yeah it was it was something that he had to do not something that he wanted to do and uh and yeah the same thing was for me that uh i realized that as a teacher that um that when i have parent teacher interviews that i noticed you know over 15 17 years now that every time i meet parents i notice that they're the kids and the parents are very very much alike and and i didn't want to i really was scared of my boy growing up to be like me. And, and when I had that realization, uh, then it became more important than me. And I had to do something about this because 
I really, if I didn't, then my boy was going to grow up to be like me. And that was very, very scary. So, uh, and it doesn't have to be about your kids. There's a whole lot of different reasons you can have, but you need to find something that's, that's uh, bigger than you. Because if you're only doing it for yourself, you probably won't do it. <laughs> you, need to, you need to make a, a bigger reason. That's a fantastic bit of advice there, Andrew. I really appreciate that, mate. And along that note there, for someone that is battling a food addiction, I know you're incorporated a thing called Spud Temba. Can you tell us a little bit about Spud Temba? Yeah, well, it's, it started with, uh, with Spud Temba was just during that year, uh, that potato only year. There was a whole lot of people I used to get emails all day, every day from people that wanted help. So I just started this Spud Temba thing, which was, I uh, got a whole heap of people, a few hundred people ended up joining in and eating only potatoes for the month of September. And, uh, and it was a pretty amazing month. And like uh, hundreds of people had amazing results that from eating only potatoes. They had their lives changed. And, um, and since then, it's just sort of, that was just a sort of a spur of the moment thing that I did to try to help all these people that wanted help. And yeah, since then, it's just, it's become my business, basically. It's, uh, it's what I do with my life now is uh, I... I, I, I coach people, I have an online program, I've got a couple of books and, uh, and yeah, life is all about trying to, trying to coach people and help people through food addictions and uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to wake up every day and have emails from people that are thanking me for helping them change their lives so yeah, that's, that's what I do with myself now. <laughs> Amazing, mate. And I understand that you also have a SpudFit book, which has jam-packed with recipes with basically just potatoes and, and how you've made them taste amazing and look amazing. Where can people buy this and what can they expect from, from the SpudFit book? I've actually got two books and yeah, they're both on spudfit.com and there's one book that's a smaller, shorter book that's about how to do your own SpudFit challenge and that's the potato only thing. And then I've got another book, which is, uh, it's called A Whole Food Potato-Based Guide to Eating and Living. Well, the, the title is Spud Fit and the subtitle is A Whole Food Potato-Based Guide to Eating and Living. And, and, uh, and that's 100 recipes uh, from, a, over, from 100 different uh, people who all contributed their, their favorite way to eat potatoes. And so it's, that, that book's not only potatoes, it's potatoes with a whole bunch of other things, um, whole food plant-based ingredients and and then as well as that, there are, there's a whole lot of writing in there from me about um, how to live a healthy life and how to uh, deal with food addiction. So, yeah, I'm really, really proud of that book. And, um, yeah, that's available on my website too, spudfit.com. Fantastic. And my next question was where can people actually reach you, mate? Yeah, well, email me, andrew at spudfit.com. Or uh, that's the best place. I answer through all my emails. Um, but, yeah, also I'm... Just look up SpudFit on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm SpudFit everywhere. But, yeah, through my website, it's the best place, spudfit.com. Spuds through and through, and I'll definitely have those details in the, in the show notes for you guys as well. Coming to the end of the podcast, <laughs> Andrew, I really appreciate your time, mate. But I want to know, what is your main message now, and why do you get up every single day? Yeah, well, it's, it's really all about just dealing with food addiction for me that's that's the what uh what i'm doing with my time now and i really the the start of that i think is like i said is about finding a bigger purpose than yourself and, and it's also um it's really about uh finding you don't have to do only potatoes but we need to simplify things um and i think that's that's a, a really really big step in the right direction that people can uh can simplify the way they eat and think about 
what they can remove from their diets to to uh yeah make things more sustainable and make things uh you know make things a little bit more boring in the way they eat and then replace that with some more interest in their in their personal lives as well we need to start thinking about uh about life as a whole and instead of thinking about uh, how we can enjoy our next meal think about the overall experience of life and how we can enjoy that more and uh and is what the way we eat contributing to our overall enjoyment of life and if it's not then we need to change it Amazing, Andrew, and that is such an important message that I think we often overlook through our day-to-day lives. Now, before we wrap up the episode, I want this question's been burning on me since we started. What's your favourite way to to cook spuds, and what's the recipe for the listeners? <laughs> can you uh, can, is it, can you really go past a, a good mash? I don't think anyone can really. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. I just yeah, mashed potatoes. Uh, I just. Boil some potatoes, uh, a little bit of soy milk, a little bit of garlic, and, uh, and a little bit of onion powder, and we're done. Mash it up, and you're good to go. Super simple, and that's a wholesome meal for for a year's worth of eating. That's for sure. Absolutely, fun for all the family. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, mate. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. It's been amazing getting to know your whole journey and gaining some inspiration from the amazing things that you've achieved. So you should definitely be around for it, mate. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me, and uh, and thanks for sharing your message as well. And uh, yeah, keep doing keep doing your thing, mate. Excellent, mate. Thank you so much. We'll keep in touch. All right. Cheers, and and spot up. Spot up. <laughs> I love it. And that's this week's dose of Euphoria. Connect with myself and the Euphoria Health community on Instagram or Facebook at Euphoria Health. Through these channels, you'll find cool workouts plant-based recipes and daily challenges. Until next time, guys, I'm your host, Matt Zapala, and remember, don't settle for anything less than euphoria.